Ready. From the logo, he launches. Aim. Good if it goes. Good! Bullseye. She'll take it and she'll make it. This is Bullseye. To drive in, that's a big shot fail and blood! On today's show, you'll hear from men's basketball head coach Amir Abdul-Rahim. All right, listen to me now. One of the Bulls players, and we'll check in with a member of one of the other sports teams at South Florida. Now, your Bullseye hosts, Derek Sharp, Kaylee Cottrell, and Joey Johnston. And it is time to hit the bullseye. It's a Tuesday version of the show, which was not the original plan. Usually it hits every Thursday. Why are we making sure to rush it out so you can see it? First of all, I'm sure it's going to be a great show. I mean, we don't want to make people wait. But secondly, <laughs> there's a certain event on Tuesday night that we didn't want to have be an elephant in the room. And that is the men's basketball game against Charlotte. We didn't want to sit here on a Thursday going, uh, can only imagine how that game went. So it's a big one for men's basketball, which is tied for first place and playing one of the teams it is tied for first place with. And a couple of people that have been there with the team, Joey Johnston, the radio voice, has been there for every single game of this now seven-game winning streak. And Kaylee Cottrell, you've been there on this last swing trip. So let's start yeah. with you and just recent history with the team, which had the hype, but now can you take it on the road? And they did. Yeah, they absolutely did. And this was my first time traveling with the men's team this year. And nice. man, it's to see their chemistry really, you know, on the road and, and you know, get that firsthand glimpse into that culture being built and truly the way they're gelling, the way they're vibing off each other, it was super cool to see, super fun experience for me, really special. And people can get a vi visual evidence of this on the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, I did a little mm. travel vlog of the couple days, so from the second we got to the airport to the second we, we left, I'll take you all the way through it. Um, some pretty fun stuff. We, you know, Joey was with me throughout the entire way. Oh, I need to hear this. You know, first one, one thing that maybe didn't make the travel vlog: the the walk down to the In and Out and the milkshakes. <laughs> the we had an In and Out burger we right down the street. To. Oh yep, wow! Yep. <laughs> uh, and you know about the cookout, which is the equivalent of that in the sort of Georgia, North Carolina area. And I just came I from Birmingham with women's ball. Oh, nice. Yeah. You don't know about cookout. cookout. No, see, I'm yeah. a California girl, though, yeah. so in and out That's is, right. that in and out is home yeah. to me. That's a good point. That's home. <laughs> That's a good thing. So what's your thing? Is it uh, just the basic? Just the basic burger. But I, I got a shake this time because we had just had the team meal. So I'm like, okay, dessert. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just had didn't the team meal. We still went in That didn't stop you from making the trip over. I really appreciate the grind that you guys are on. Hey, room trips are tough. Dedicated. For the sake of the team. We'll talk actually more about the women's basketball road swing that went very well in just a couple of minutes. We'll also have Amir Abdurrahim and Kaysen Pryor of the men's basketball team on this episode of Bullseye. And I know you get to see them every single game at work, Joey. Uh, it has been something. Last time we sat down here with Amir Abdurrahim, it is, was after the UAB loss. That's about a month ago. Yeah. They haven't lost since. What's it been like? It's been something else, and you know, I was thinking about this, and I sort of uh, talked about it on the radio broadcast. One of the things I really love of, about basketball is the intimacy. You know, I think you get to know those players better than any other sport. Football, obviously, they have helmets. Baseball, batting helmets. You're, you, basketball, you're right on the court. You point. see their faces. So you feel like you know these guys a little more than other teams. So what I was saying was, you know, this is not only special, but – think I'm falling in love with this team, you know? <laughs> this is good stuff. And, and basketball can get you like that as a team drives for March. I'm like, heartstrings are starting to get pulled, and this sure. is starting to be special. Mm -hmm. And I know the fans understand that, but, hey, enjoy this ride because it is right now special. Mm -hmm. It's something else. Uh, again, the big comebacks that we'll talk to Coach about, starting off with 
Case and Pryor doing his thing against Rice at home down double digits, down 20 against Memphis. Uh, we talked about that, of course, on the, two weeks ago, even though it was the women's basketball show, we talked about that. But since then, they've learned to play from ahead, which is uh, refreshing because <laughs> you don't want to always have to come back from down 10, 12, and more points. So what have you seen in the games against UTSA and East Carolina most recently on the road and finally North Texas? I mean, I think the overall is they can play regardless of what the circumstance is. They don't panic when they're behind, and they just keep playing when they're ahead. So uh, they do what they do, which is a great mark of a basketball team that, again, it's not about them, it's about us, which Coach Amir says all the time. Mm. And this team has learned to play to its strengths, to play together regardless of the circumstance. If you're down 20, you do what you do. If you're up 10, you do what you do. And that's the mark of a great team. And that's why this thing is starting to look a little special to me. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Usually we sort of know what we're going to talk about. Uh, and you mentioned falling in love with the team. And I've struggled with this myself. And I want you guys that are watching to put yourself through the same exercise. This team has so many options that could be your favorite player at any oh given gosh. time because there are so many wonderful stories. Oh, so yeah. I'll go ahead and say it. My current favorite player, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a cop out. It's, it, it's Chris Youngblood just because of uh, the leadership he, can, he exudes. Yeah, he's clutch as anything. Uh, but you can just tell by watching him. He's a guy that made the NCAA tournament last year, and he's a leader. Even the North Texas head coach, after the game in the handshake line, he was disappointed his team has lost. You could see he, like, stopped and gave Chris an extra beat. Now that I've talked for a few extra seconds to give you time, <laughs> what about you, Kaylee? Man, man. We love them all. You know, we do yeah. love them all. Chris is so special. He's such a good leader. Um, KP is such a character. He is so fun. His energy is so electric yep. to be around. I've also been very surprised though about JR. Jaden Reed, especially seeing him on the road. That guy never not has a smile on his face. You know, even boarding the plane, like his photos, his videos going up. He's just the happiest guy going up. And, and <laughs> I he's, he's, he's such a <laughs> there. I agree too. He's such a positive light to be around. So he's been he's been awesome. All right, I'll just tell a quick story first of all. Uh, back in the day when I worked for the Tampa Tribune, I got to cover the Florida Gators when they won back-to-back -back national titles. I couldn't keep my eyes off Joe Kim Noah. Yep. And I wrote, every, I, everything I wrote was almost always on Joe Kim Noah because he was always the story. He was so compelling. So the first time I went to this USF team and saw them on the practice court, I watched Case and Pryor, and I thought, who is that? <laughs> and I can't keep my eyes off him either. I, I, I love all these guys and what they bring, but Case and Pryor is not only a great player, but he has such an unusual skill set and personality that, again, you can't not watch the guy. And I think, you know, obviously that's why he's such a fan favorite. And you wrote an amazing, very comprehensive article. If you guys didn't see it on GoUSFBulls.com, check it out. And I, I feel somewhat bad about not letting you talk to him today. It's going to be me and Kaylee, but you have, you have spoken to him at length. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was outstanding. Now, I'm digging in my pocket because i got to pull out the secret as we will get back to men's basketball in a second. But wow. the, the, women, the, the women's yes. basketball team, <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, the women's basketball team is on a three-game winning streak. And what you probably really didn't know is it's all since I got this baby. I don't know if it was lost in the mail or what. But before the East Carolina game, Jose wow, Fernandez nice. presents me with the, the ring for winning the regular season championship last year. It denotes their NCAA tournament trip and all that stuff. And the women's basketball team uh, has been on a nice little run, too, yeah. three in a row. And get this, folks, and we'll talk to Jose and a player in our next episode of Bullseye in a couple of weeks. Uh, they have found themselves, thanks to a dramatic win against UAB on the road before that 
putting down Memphis uh, in a, what is it now, five-way tie for second place. <laughs> there are three teams tied for first, and they are one game behind all of them. Yes, on the women's basketball side, there are eight teams within a game of first place, Man. and they can still win the championship with eight games to go. And speaking of standings, right at the very top on the men's side, South Florida, along with FAU and Charlotte, and two of them play each other on Tuesday night. I have a feeling we're going to talk about that with Amir Abdurrahim. We'll also talk to Joey's favorite, Kaysen Pryor's becoming a fan favorite of everybody. <laughs> and we'll also talk to Ken Erickson of softball here on Bullseye. This team does it again. Man, Seven what, consecutive wins. What a show under adversity. Bulls come on the road in a very difficult place to win. This sets up a titanic battle on Tuesday night oh. at home at the Yingling How Center. That? They better be hanging from the rafters at that place. Yep. You found the all-new South Florida Coaches Show on the radio. Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. And we are here joined by Amir Abdurrahim, Derek Sharp here with Joey Johnston. It's been a while since we talked to the coach, a lot of wins since then. Uh, but you know what? I'm looking at you right now. You got to explain something. The coolness of your hat. Tell me about that hat. <laughs> man, I got, I got to give all the credit to Coach Goldish, man. He gave me, he, I saw him wear a couple of them, and he told me the story behind them for the Bay, you know, uh, clothing company. And one day, man, he, he texts me like, hey, you around? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, can you meet me outside of Selman? I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know what for. I go over there, man. He's got like three hats, man. So I've been, you know, I've been rocking, rocking them. them. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You guys have been rocking it in every single way. And I got to ask, 15 and 5, just tremendous. Again, no losses since we last did the show. And a big one coming up on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it here earlier than you expected? Be honest, because it's here right now. Um, I'm not going to say earlier than I expected, but what I would say is, is like, it's always a process and you never know, you know, where it's going to quite land, you know, because that depends on uh, the buy-in. It depends on the connection of the guys and, you know, to God be the glory, but the credit goes to those kids because, man, they have done a great job of staying the course, allowing themselves to be coached and be pushed. Because again, in, in December, you know, when it goes Maine, Hofstra, UMass, yep. they could have splintered and went their own ways. And they chose to stay together. And because they chose to stay together, we sit here at 15 and five and what are we in conference? Seven and one? Eight, eight, and, one. eight, eight and one. Three way eight tie for first and that. Yeah, it's, and so like, I, to be honest, I kind of get lost in the, in, in, the, in the game. I get lost in the, you know, just so focused on the process you know, and the daily habits that it takes to win. Like, I, that was not, like, I, I was serious. I had no clue, like, what the record, like, wow. you know, I knew 15 and five, but no clue of, you know, the conference record just because, and I'm so focused on, you know, today and making sure these guys are the best version of themselves. Coach, you talk, talk a little bit more about that. You talk about the process, and it's interesting to me in basketball, the ebbs and flows of a long season, yeah. and fans might say, well, How'd they lose those games back in December or whatever? But it's, it seems to me like those things had to happen for this to happen. Speak about just the patience you need as a coach and how, how a team develops over a stretch. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that this is my second time as a first-year head coach because my first year as a first-time head coach, I wasn't as patient. Um, and so you have to go through those you have to go through that process. You have to go through that journey, you know, uh, to be able to become exactly who it is you're destined to be and learn from you, learn from those 
mistakes I made the first time. And so that's exactly it. I've just stayed patient. So in December, you know, again, it's December, right? Like we hadn't even got to conference play yet. Yeah. There's no need to panic. Um, the, the thing that I thought about more then was I'm not going to let, just like now, and I'll explain it here in a second, I'm not going to let an out, like outside influence or pressure or expectation, you know, make me impatient, right? Just like, um, and I say that to say, mm. We're going to define. We're going to define what success is for for our program, for our team. Um, yeah, of course, we're judged on wins and losses. But if if we were judged on wins and losses, it's only one team that was successful at the end of every year. Then, right? You know, like, and that's the team that cuts the nest down in the national championship. So we're going to stay focused on the process. We're going to stay focused on what it takes to get the results that we want. And then wherever that ends up, it ends up. But as long as these guys stay true to themselves, stay true to our culture, our program, we're going to be successful. Well, you talked about how it could have gotten away in that one stretch early in the right. season. The stretch we're on now, mm -hmm. seven wins, uh, going back to the beginning of it, last we left off was yeah. after losing to UAB, and yeah. you guys were down big to Rice. And we know about that game. Yep. Uh, Memphis followed that down yep. by 20. The first four of this comeback, you were down the, in effect, double digits, Temple by nine with eight minutes to go, same difference. Right. So how does the process kick in there? Because those games easily could have not gone the way they did. Yeah, well, well, those games are really like a microcosm of December, right? The three-game stretch where, like, they could have splintered, right? Well, they could have splintered when they were down nine, to Temple, you know, first first conference game of the year, but they chose to stay together, like they chose to stay together in December. Same thing with Rice, you know. And then, of course, man, they could have just threw the towel in yeah. at Memphis and said, hey, let's just try to salvage this thing and make it look, you know, respectable. But they battled. It's, it's, it's what this, this group is about, and it's what they've, they've chose to stay true to. And so, um, again, the thing you're fighting now, you know, with success is <laughs> I want it to be about me, right? And so it's a, it's a battle <laughs> either way. You know, it's a battle to stay together and it's a battle to not make it about one person. And again, that's a testament to this group. They, they said, I think it was Chris Youngblood said one day, he goes, man, it's amazing what happens when no one cares who gets the credit, mm. right? And you look at, you look at our team um, my wife actually point, pointed this out to me before the Memphis game. She said, babe, have you ever looked at y'all's, like, profile on ESPN? I'm like, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> and she's I don't like, even know our record. <laughs> right. You know, and she's like, no, like, when I pull up ESPN, like, the, the leading scorer for each game comes up. And she's oh, like, man, right. she's like, you've had, like, six, six different leading scorers, you know, for a game. And she says, Memphis has only had two. It's mm. either been Jones mm. or Quinterly. And she goes, you got a good team. And now you got to understand my wife's a lawyer. When we met 14 years ago or so, she had no clue about basketball. Huh. So for her to mm. see that and be able to, I was like, oh, man. This is really cool, but, but is, she, is she the leading lawyer on her team every every game though? Yes, every okay, game, every game, guess. every game, every game, every game. Coach, one of the things that all coaches talk about is the, you know being the hunter or the hunted, yeah. and now this weekend her different analogy the the, the target and the arrow, yeah. and your players were saying that. Yeah. Speak about 
you know, the, those times when you're chasing it and then the times when they're chasing you yeah. and how you deal with that? Well, I've, again, I've been fortunate to be a part of winning before. And you take those experiences with you and you try to, and when you can apply them and share the experience and share the story, you do. When I was at Texas A&M in 2016, we started the year out, nobody was even thinking about us, you know, um, and we were hunting everybody. We go to the Battle of Atlantis, beat Texas, beat Gonzaga, and we lose to Syracuse in a close game in a championship game. Hmm. Well, we go on to, man, I mean, we were rolling. We win our first, I want to say, seven games in the SEC. We get to as high as fifth in the country. We never, we never realized the target change. We weren't the arrow anymore. Right, we were the target. Everybody was. We were everybody's big game, and so what we've tried to explain to the guys is, you know, before people weren't really, you know, they they may I think they respected us, but they weren't thinking about us, right? They weren't looking at it like, oh, you know, South Florida. Well, you've done the job. You know, you've had, you know, however many game win streaks, and now I think we're on our second one or whatever it is, <laughs> and now you've got everybody's attention. So now. You're no longer the arrow, you're the target. And when you become the target, man, you, you, your radar, your, your spidey sense has <laughs> got to go up a little bit. You know, and, and to their credit, again, um, you know, as we said, and I say it humbly, you know, uh, you know, because I want my team to have confidence. I want them to play with confidence. And uh, the late, great Tupac Shakur had a song said, we ain't hard to find, <laughs> you know. So when you're the target, you know, you can either, you can either run you know, run from what's chasing you, or you can meet it head on. And these guys have chose to meet it head on and meet it head on together. I need you to come up with a couple of sayings for me because they're outstanding, every <laughs> single one of them. Uh, we talked about, you know, the first part of the winning streak, yeah. comebacks. Now it's been more about getting ahead. You went two games without yeah. being behind. And then most recently against North Texas, grinded it out. One guy that wasn't on your wife's list of leading scores, I'm guessing, in any game this year, mm -hmm. Brandon Stroud, I want to talk about yeah. in each of those last three games, his 12 yeah. rebounds, not just to highlight one guy, but right. in general, the last three games, and he's been so consistent. No, like, in, so this is no joke. So she she found that graphic, but when I get home, she says to me, what's gotten into Brandon? <laughs> like, he looks like the Brandon I know, you know, and I <laughs> I just laughed, you know, because again, she, she just like I have, she was she's been with Brandon for the last right. four years. And she knows what Brandon's value is, right? And trying to get each guy to understand that their value, the value is not just in scoring, right? Mm -hmm. Value can come in a lot of different ways. And his way of, like, that he's provided value for us is his energy and effort on the offensive glass against East Carolina and against North Texas, I thought was a game changer for us. And so, as, as we said to him yesterday, you know, who would you, we ask the guys, who would you say the MVP was? Now, most people, like, you know, they'll say, well, who, who led you in scoring? It's always that. And yeah, Chris was great. Yeah, he was good. You know, so was um, Jaden Reed stepping up, making big shots. Kobe Knox was great. But, like, all of them to a man, I think it was Kobe Knox. He, he's sitting there. He's kind of pondering. And he said, I'd say Brandon. But Kobe Knox is a basketball guy, yeah. right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's been, he's been phenomenal. Doesn't get enough credit, but as he as he tell you, I don't care. I don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. One guy you mentioned, Chris Youngblood, you know, a guy that just scored his 1500th point. Uh, he is, you know, sort of acknowledged as the leader of the team. Everybody knows that. He has a lot of cachet, but you coach him hard. Oof. 
and he <laughs> takes that coaching yeah. and he applies it to his teammates. Yeah. He, he knows what you're doing. He knows the process. Speak yeah. about not just all the scoring and things that he brings, but the intangibles such as that, as he allows you to coach him in that way, and then he sort of coaches his teammates. Well, I, I can't talk about coaching him as hard as I talk about him without mentioning LaDonna and Dupree Youngblood, his mom and dad. I mean, if you ever meet them, they're two of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But when it comes to character, principles, the beliefs and values they raised their son on, they don't play around, and he knows that. But if you also meet Royal Maxwell, his high school coach, okay. right, Chris will tell you, oh, Coach, man, you ain't nothing compared <laughs> to Coach Maxwell, right? <laughs> and he, he's been coached hard, and I'm, I'm just a beneficiary of his mother and father, his high school coach, that, you know, that kid knows to, to grow, you've got to be pushed, you've got to be uncomfortable. And so he, him allowing me to coach him as hard as I do, you know, I say to Jaden Reed all the time, hey, man, he don't say nothing. Yeah, you better <laughs> don't, don't look at me that way, right? And they're roommates also. And so Chris can always put his arm around Jaden because as hard as I coach Chris, I coach Jaden just as hard. Or as hard as I coach Chris as a freshman, I coach Jaden just as hard. So Chris can, he can speak to Jaden on my point of view and where I'm coming from. And it's not, I'm not just the crazy coach to Jaden, <laughs> you know. Coach, uh, as we start to wrap it up here, another awesome video of you getting on the tarmac, leaving a big road game. And the big message was <laughs> Tuesday night. I love those. Keep yeah. those coming, yeah. especially the wins, right? Yeah. Uh, but it is a huge game. And, of course, it doesn't decide anything other right. than the fact that the winner will be in first place. So right. I think it's got to be destination for everybody. We're talking about the YC, Bulls, and Charlotte. Well, no doubt. And, um, and so I'm, I'm going to give two things. One would be a little coach speak, but the other is like <laughs> a challenge, right? And the challenge is, is this. You know, let's not take for granted when something special is, is happening, right? Um, and this is not a knock on anybody who was here before me, but I don't notice that. But when was, when was the last time South Florida was playing for first place in, in a game in early February with an opportunity to control its own destiny? When was the last time? I don't know that. 30 years. 30 years, okay? And now, on the other side of that, the coach speak is... I would know that. Yeah. Now, on the other side of that, the coach speak is this. As I ask the guys, hey, raise your hand if it was your end goal to be in first place or tie for first place on February, it was yesterday, so February 4th. Mm -hmm. No hands went up. I said, okay, good. So understand this. It's a big game because it's that next game, right? It's a big game because it's that next opportunity to grow. Okay, because if you win this game and you let your guard down and however it ends up, right. it's all for nothing. But when we go win this game and we stay hungry, we stay humble, we stay focused, man, something special is going to really is going to happen. And so you deserve it. You've worked hard for it. You've sacrificed for it. So, you know, again, I, I hope the YC is packed out. I think it should be packed out, <laughs> Bulls Nation. I really do. You know what? But if it's not, we're going to love you no matter what. But as I've said before, I, this is coming. I keep receipts. <laughs> I'm going to remember who was there. All right? And I'm going to chest bump everybody who was. All right. I'll be looking forward to a chest bump Let's from go. you because I'm going to be there for sure. I love it. Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. Thank you so much, Amir Abdurrahim. And by Thank the you. way, the Charlotte team just came off a big win against its rival, East Carolina, yep. at home. They sold their building out. So yep. not to put any pressure on anybody. Thanks no again. 
case, and Pryor's been a Go big Bulls. part of what's going on. Go Bulls, indeed. We'll talk yeah. to one of the leaders on the team next. Five on the shot clock. Pryor, jab step. Pryor, jab step. Steps back, launches a three. Got it! Cason Pryor like an assassin. He's a hired killer with 25.9 left. Cason Pryor knocks down a triple, his fourth of the game. This is your radio home for South Florida basketball. Bulls Unlimited. Back to Bullseye. Derek Sharp now joined by Kaylee Cottrell and Kaysen Pryor. You know him. You love mm -hmm. the way he plays. Maybe you've never heard him speak, so get ready to be blown away. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> <coughs> be ready to be blown away by the voice. Kaysen, this is quite a role the Bulls are on. Thanks for joining us well, first of all. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So what has been the key, other than the fact that you're, then, then your second half against Rice <laughs> single-handedly started the seven-game winning streak? I know mm -hmm. that you didn't have that in mind, but uh, you guys are coming together so incredibly. Yeah, I mean, it's just all the things that we do every day, just staying consistent in our work, staying true to who we are, and just trusting in Coach. You know, Coach has been talking a lot about having a blind trust in our program, just being able to trust, you know, the guy next to you so blindly, like you're not even second-guessing what he's telling you. And then that goes all the way through the coaching staff and everyone in our program. So, you know, just staying true to who we are and, you know, working every day. I talked to CY after North Texas, and mm -hmm. I asked him the keys to the success. And one of the things he said was that, he stays kind of paranoid mm. through the season. And do you have the same sort of mindset, kind of that never settle, kind of always wanting more, kind of can always get better? Sort yeah, of sort of no, 100%. Yeah, we got to stay paranoid. We can't get comfortable at this point in the season. You know, this is, you know, it's the last few, you know, weeks of the season. So it's really locking in and staying paranoid, knowing that, you know, everybody's going to give us their best shot. You know, um, somebody gave us an analogy in our film room the other few days where, He's talking about, you know, we have to be the arrow. Right now, you don't want to be the target. You know, you got to be the arrow that's hitting the target. So, you know, we're just staying together, like I said, and, you know, staying paranoid and staying humble and hungry right now. Hey, uh, your arrow on free throws has been pretty good about hitting the target. And uh, it was so fun because uh, you didn't even have an attempt. And then was, it, I believe, 15 for 16, 16 yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> against Rice. So tell people, when we actually talked to Coach about this on the last show, uh -huh. he said that you had switched up your routine, but you're back to it now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, man, it's all concentration for me at the end of the day. You know, if I'm going to get to that strike, you know, i got to convert, you know, the free throws at the end of the day. Um, so I take pride in making my shots. Obviously, I'm sitting there for eight to ten seconds taking my time and breathing but uh yeah I just make sure they go in and you know take my time and stay in my rhythm so it's been quite the run I want you to speak about some of your teammates uh now go ahead and tell us the number story tell them the number story <laughs> yeah. and why you changed it and oh by the way the teammate that you changed it because <laughs> of is having a pretty good year no 100 percent uh so originally I came in here you know I wasn't sure you know who's gonna still be here you know if Selton you know Sam and Corey you know they luckily stayed with us this year um so I wasn't sure so I'm, I thought it was free pickings for numbers I'm like man I need number one um, so it's funny, actually, Selton was my host on my visit when I came here. Coach Amir didn't really, uh, you know, we didn't really still have you know, a team here like that. So Selton was one of the guys that stayed on campus during my visit. Oh. And uh, he was able to host me uh, during that time. So I was talking to him about numbers. I'm like, man, I really, you know, I need that number one. You know, that's been my number, you know, growing up. You know, that was my original number. So it's like, nah, I can't give that to you. I can't give that to you. So a little back and forth, but, you know, I ended up, I obviously let him get it at the end of the day, and, you know, I just ended up being double one, so number 11. That's so. pretty, that's close enough, and I got, and number 11's my favorite number, not for what that's worth, uh, but did you guys also discuss how he was going to be one of the best three-point shooters in the country, because that has been amazing. <laughs> nah, yeah, he's actually surprised me. I didn't, you know, I didn't know much of Selton's game before, you know, I came here, I know he could score the ball really well, I knew he was a Kansas State transfer, 
Um, you know, we had a little friendships through the basketball world that, you know, we knew each other a little bit. But, um, yeah, he's been surprising me. He's been shooting the heck out of the ball, and, you know, hopefully he continues to do that. So. I've loved to see the chemistry build of this team. Do you mm -hmm. feel that harmony on the court? No, 100%, you know, especially more and more as we go through the season. You know, I, I think it's those road trips that really bring us together, you know, being away, being where it's just us, you know, have to really come together, you know. It was in something else that was brought up in our film session before, the, you know, the game the other day about not splintering, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard time tomorrow and fight through adversity. And the main thing is, instead of splintering, we come together more. So, you know, that's what we always find a way to do in the second half. We become more of a team. We stay connected just based off of what we do off the court. You know, those road trips, those bus rides where we're together, we're cracking jokes, you know, we're being brothers, you know. Mm. So like I said, you know, previously before, you know, that's translatable for us going on to the court. And, you know, we're able to stick together and come back and, and play the way we do when it, when it matters. So. Well, you had some comebacks at home that come to mind, but on the road when – no one's rooting for you. So down 20 against Memphis. Mm -hmm. uh, Temple hit that three, and they were up yeah. nine on you guys. And mm -hmm. it, it didn't look good at that time. East Carolina made a run to mm -hmm. get to within two, to get to within five. And you had an answer every single time, big answer against mm -hmm. Memphis. Is there one or two guys, or is it, like you say, everyone's connected, that calms things down and just makes you really focus on yeah. what you need to do? Man, yeah, I think it's really a collective. You know, a lot of us older guys are experienced. You know, we've been to, a few of us have been to March Madness. You know, have been able to see that at close level, have won championships in our conference. So, you know, I think it's about experience and guys, you know, just understanding who, who we are as people, you know, individually. You know, CY understands who I am, or I understand who Selton is very well, or Jose understands JR, you know, along the line. So hmm. I think that all, you know, builds into the bigger picture of, of coming together and, and being a team. You have such a special way mm -hmm. of juicing up the team and the crowd. Where does that come from? Man, <laughs> I think it's all passion for real, you know. I'm just out there having fun at the end of the day, you know. Um, I wasn't able to play as much as I would have liked to my first two years, so I think all of my excitement and my fun that I missed out on is just all coming out, and, you know, I be, I'm trying to bring that out every night, you know. Just playing with joy, I think that's part of who I am, and... Uh, yeah, just passion, I'll say. <laughs> I, I got the flip side of that and a follow-up uh, on the flip side. I'm not going to say the opponent. Maybe they wear purple. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a road game. Mm -hmm. And after you had your shot blocked, one of their players and one of their assistant coaches, instead of rooting for the team, looked at you specifically. Yeah, you did. started to get a little bit of a villain on the road. And how, What do you yeah. think if that's the case? <laughs> it's funny. I actually know. We love you. But... Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know you guys do. Uh, Love you guys too, but um, yeah, I think it's just yeah, I think it is where they want to make me the villain. You know, I'm 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 enemy number one on the scout report. You know, they're they're looking to you know find ways to shut me down to to get under my skin. You know, whatever it takes. But I did notice that you know I think it was their strength coach maybe or somebody. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, they were talking to me a little bit after, which is cool. It's all part of Good. the game. You know, Good. it's a little chit chat. So you know, this puts another chip on my shoulder to go out go out there and you know play hard and. Uh, yeah, execute. But, yeah, it's, it's all part of the game. So. And then you mentioned uh, the, the tournament experience, Boise State. Uh, Grand Canyon is where Kobe played. And, of mm -hmm. course, we know about the Kennesaw guys. Yeah. Uh, but you came from a, a big program out there, and then you took a step back last year mm -hmm. in, in competition. Tell people about your journey here and how that last year might have helped just set, set you up for success. Yeah, so leaving Boise State after my sophomore year, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I had a lot of Division One looks and, you know, a few offers that, were schools that, you know, I wasn't really sure, you know, I'd thrive at, you know, I didn't really have connections or um, relationships with much of those coaches. So I was like, you know, a little iffy, you know, I didn't know how much I'd be able to play going into one of those schools. So I'm like, man, I think Juco man, might be my best bet to go, you know, reinvent myself, basically, be able to get my confidence back. Like I said, I hadn't played in 
two years, you know. Um, so it was just about going there and finding my finding myself again. Like you said, there wasn't much um, wasn't much to do except go to the gym and, and go home. You know, it was a small small area. So it was just locking in, focusing on who I am as a person. You know, becoming better at basketball. And then, um, so yeah, that coach the mayor last year at JUCO Northwest Florida was a big help for me just going to who I am now. Excellent. Uh, now, the photo that came out after your stretch, did you have that photo handy of you and KD? Uh, oh, yeah. Because the, the numbers he did put on, I'm not going to make him brag on his numbers, yeah, yeah. but whatever, it was a four-game stretch where you're the first person in 15 years to do all these different impressive mm -hmm. things, including 90% from free throws. Since Kevin Durant, who you're buddies with, apparently, yeah. <laughs> that was in your Chicago days, right? Yeah, it was during my Chicago days, I, uh, I got lucky enough. I think actually my dad had that photo. I don't have that photo on my phone anymore, but my dad was uh, still having it on his phone. But um, yeah, it was just me and my buddy, we were able to go to the Bulls game with my dad that night. Um, and my dad has a lot of connections through the basketball world, and you know, we were in Chicago. so. We were able to, you know, sit after the game, and I think we were talking to Stacey King, who's, you yeah. know, announcer for them now still. Uh, so, you know, we're just sitting there on the court, and, man, I'm like, we're just running on the court. We don't have a ball. We're just out there, you know, imagining being on the NBA floor and uh, in front of that crowd. But uh, all of a sudden, I look over, and Kevin Durant just walks out of the tunnel. I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy, right? So I just asked my buddy. I'm like, man, let's go, let's go meet him. Let's see if we get a picture. So I, went, I just walked right up to him like, yo, KD, you think I'll get a picture? And uh, he's like, yeah, no problem, little bro. And, <laughs> He just took a picture with us. He's a cool guy, uh, cool, cool dude. And uh, my dad was actually able to see him, you know, a few months ago and, and showed him the picture. And was like, man, oh, yeah, he can really, oh, wow. you know, show him a little bit of my game. He's like, oh, yeah, he can play, he can play, you know. Wow. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, Katie's a good dude, so. That's really cool. When you talk yeah. about your dad, he has come to a few games, mm -hmm. you know, flown across the country. And yeah. I've had so many lovely conversations mm -hmm. with him. I've seen your dad, your uncle, friends, families mm -hmm. at the game. What does that support mean to you? No, it means everything, you know. Um, like you said, first two years I wasn't playing much. I didn't really, you know, so there was no point in coming to support me, you know. As a, as a team, it was cool to come watch us, but, you know, I wasn't really playing much. So, you know, it's cool to see a lot of my family coming around now more and more, um, you know, just coming out to show support and love. Like you said, it's just me living across the country. I mean, I don't have any family in Florida, so mm. it's always a good, you know, a good experience and, you know, gives me another chip on my shoulder when they come to play with more fire and passion, you know, just playing, you know, the way I do, you know, having fun. So. Well, that's a perfect build-up to the finish here because uh, I'm sure the Bulls fans are starting to become your family. Mm -hmm, I'm sure the support's going to be there on Tuesday night. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking you might not have to do as much hyping up the crowd. <laughs> Give people, and you can look right to the camera if you yeah. want, if they're on the fence, motivation to come to the game. Oh, man. What else can we say? You know, we're winning right now. We're having fun. SoFlo has been great so far. You know, we can, we can only improve as we go on. So. Man, just come out and, and support and show that love and, you know, leading up to Florida Atlantic in a few weeks, we just want you guys to keep on coming in and supporting, so. All right, that's the new target. <laughs> I don't think the Bulls are the arrow anymore. Looking forward to that. Thanks a lot, Casey. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, thank you. Lines that one beautifully, making a late break on it. It's Pamela, did she get it? She did! Amazing diving catch! I mean, I thought she had no chance. I know Jordan is fast, but that was unreal. Bullseye continues on Bulls Unlimited. Well, this is a privilege for Ken Erickson. No, just kidding. It's a privilege <laughs> for me to talk to the, it's almost like a cliche to say longtime softball coach. We're just going to say he's been here since 1997 as a softball coach. But tell people how long you've been here. Well, as a softball coach, it's been since the fall of 85, right, as the head coach. Right. 
has been since the fall of 96. But I've been here, uh, walked on campus in August of, of 1979. Huh. And uh, You hated here, I guess. It was brutal, right? <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. And the weather's bad and the whole thing. And so, yeah, it's been a long time. And, and I, think, I think officially a Tampanian. Yeah. So at this point, so yeah. yeah. New Yorker, you every now and then hear that accent come out, but my goodness, <laughs> yeah. baseball player. We're not going to do the whole life story, but yeah. one part I want to bring to, we've been talking about basketball up until this point. Yeah. You've seen a couple coaches come and go through these parts. What do you think about the new basketball leader? You know, from what I understand, he can't go left. And so my challenge is right now to get on a court with him and, <laughs> oh, and, see, and see if he can actually go left. So that's what we're <laughs> going to try to find out. He wants to take you on, Amir, one-on-one. -on -one. So... Your team, uh, speaking of taking things on, we'll get into the schedule. It is beginning on Thursday as far as the softball season goes. And I know this is a bit of a cliche question, but uh, does it ever feel different? Does it ever get old anticipating opening day? No, it doesn't. It's, it's really exciting because every year, no matter what, you're trying to find out the identity of your team and practice and fall and this and that. But the one thing that's exciting about our sport individually is that the, the, the lessons are given during the test. And so no matter what you've done prior to in the fall and training and spring training, come Thursday, you're, you're going to get the, the tests, you know, and the final exams of what's going on. And, and you're only hoping that the next test, you're better than you were on the first test. And so it's almost like the SAT. The more you take it, the better you have a chance. And if you're really not good at taking the SAT, it's not going to matter all season long. <laughs> you're in trouble. So, right, exactly. So hopefully we can continue to learn from our... <laughs> our games the games your team's passed tests way more than they failed last year another very good season but not an ncaa season mm -hmm. which has become the norm around mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. so i'm sure there's that fire to get back and maybe is there something that specifically you needed to see improve i know you've added some some extra arms as well well we had bad luck last year you know the bad luck actually is your, your number one and number two pitcher went yeah. down for a total of four weeks right in the middle of the year and you still end up winning 32 games so if they're with us, you're probably 40, you're going to the NCAA tournament, right? Sure. So we were on the cusp of it, but excuses because nobody cares. They just, did you win? And so this year, you know, the aspect of we're trying to stay as healthy as possible, yep. not have any bad luck go that way, and, and then uh, maintain against a great schedule. So as I said, you know, these tests that we're going to get early and early on, you know, you got some pretty big tests. These are not cakewalk text, tests by any imagination. <laughs> Um, but they're in there for a purpose, and that's to make us better. So Gabby Norrie and Peyton Dixon really never, until the very end of the season, were right. out there at the same time. So right. if you have a healthy staff, what could it look like this year? It's a, it's a ham and egg type of staff where you've got a good combination of lefties, a good combination of righties playing off each other and picking up uh, some experience in Bell Sarger, who comes out of Florida Southwest State College and won two national championships at the JC level, will lend itself to somebody that has a pretty good heart rate on the mound you know, number one. And so being, having been there and done that, it's not hard when you get somebody like a young Julia Pastelacos that comes in here, raw, green, throws it hard, but hasn't experienced a college season yet. So having Bell is probably a, a real smooth transition because Peyton, a uh, pretty good pitcher in her yeah. own right, you know, right now. And then you've got Kopko who, um, Lexi Kopko, who has really come about in her senior year right now. I'm really looking forward to her uh, consistency on the mound and then pick up another right-hander who's uh, pounding the zone right now for us as a freshman in uh, Alex Wright. So I feel good about the five um, and when you have five at this level when you're playing sometimes five games in, in four days and six games in five days 
pitching staff helps. <laughs> so we'll, we'll find out how smart I am. Some yeah. great names in there, and I, I can't wait to say Apostolakos a bunch of times if we get the chance. Did I well, say it right? Well, if you, if you know vowels, you got a good chance, <laughs> right? But knowing you, that's going to be yeah, a struggle. That's going to be a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Not, 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 no question about that. <laughs> and you mentioned the bad luck. Of course, this was yeah. bad luck that exhibited itself before the season because you knew you were going to be without them. Yeah. Uh, how big is it going to be getting Josie and Alana back? Having Josie Foreman back behind the plate is uh, anytime you have a catcher that has called their own game, in crucial game situations, and it's not just re during the regular season, but in postseason. Yeah. She did such a great job for us, you know, prior to taking the year off to get the arm strengthened back up and corrected. And so her being back behind the plate makes a heck of a difference for us in one year. And then Alana Rivera, who knows the game like nobody's business in the middle of the infield and stability and played high level ball also in college already being in the postseason and having some clutch performances. But having those two guys back in the lineup for us. Um, lends itself not just to great talent, but also makes us huge in the depth chart, sure. right? Because you've got some great talent right now that has come in here, so we're not having to rush anybody in that process. It was amazing that Josie, your catcher last yeah. year, didn't play, and you still were okay at catcher. You had Correct. more options than you would Correct. know. Uh, and then another thing, talking about a duo, your Puerto Rico national team members, yeah. Kathy Garcia Soto, who as a freshman, uh, you've been around for a few years. I, has there ever been a freshman win defensive player of the year? And then Camille Ortiz Martinez as well. No, uh, we have never had a freshman win a defensive, and nobody rightly deserved that, right. you know. But to, to have a freshman in the conference, let alone just at USF, win that award says a lot about what she did. And she was scintillating, not just for us, but obviously the other coaches that voted for her. And then have somebody as young as Camille come off the island. And Camille, actually, the first player off Puerto Rico, off the island of Puerto Rico, they went to a four-year school on a scholarship, so that's really tremendous. Wow. And so, and she's a young sophomore for us right now, but she's 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 got some great experience, and you're gonna get to see her play. So, yeah, those those two did a great job last year, and we look forward to them being an integral part of what's going on now. Just not too long ago, fall ball, we got a lot of games in, but that was memorable. Uh, tell oh, us yes. about uh, your assistant coach who can still play a little bit. Carla Claudio Rivera, who's probably one of the best hitters in the world, and you know she started playing international ball about 11 years ago. <laughs> and so when I was coaching with USA, we'd see each other, and um, I knew I knew of her, you know, prior to her coming to USF in 2014 and 15. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you know, but she was Ronnie Gajanic's roommate, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Ronnie, who's the yeah. high level, highest level woman in uh, pro ball right now with the Portland Hops. So they were roommates, they're great people, great students. That's awesome. So anyway, Carla could play, and she can still play quite a bit. And so she's preparing not only for this upcoming World Championships in 2024, but also the Olympics in 28. And Puerto Rico has a great shot to, to, to get into that venue of those teams in 28. So we'll see how that progresses, <laughs> but uh, it's fun to be there. And then our assistant coach, our other assistant coach, Lisa Navis, is on the coaching staff of Puerto Rico. So um, I've, I've been getting culturized i was gonna say lot. you also have a lot of rooting interest of course oh yeah for those of you guys who don't know yeah, yeah. national team coach over here team usa <laughs> and very humbly speaking but yeah. uh, that that's a big honor and i, I really appreciate mm -hmm. the fact that you're here with us mm -hmm. jordan cadlib in her what 10th season <laughs> uh no seriously great experience marissa tribal piece yeah. two yeah. tremendous leaders and yeah. you did something you hadn't done before named them yeah. captain we uh we were going through a little bit of a swale of uh who are we type of deal in the fall and uh, 
we, we played one game against uh, another team that we were awful. Yeah, I mean, flat out awful. And then I kind of, the way I do it, you know, was not very um, overbearing, was kind of ripped them a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, that week. And we worked really, really hard, you yeah. know, what was going on. And those two guys were really at the forefront of the effort and the, and the going out there and doing the things and leadership roles on the field during the practice week. And then we played on Friday night against another team. And those two had some of the best at bats and some of the best approaches to the game I've seen. And I, I just got so worked up about it. I'm like, you know, those two guys right there deserve, you know, to be recognized as, and, and we have other people too that did a great job of leadership, but those two have put in so much work um, that I basically named them, you know, the two team captains. And I've never done that before. This is the first time ever that we named two captains. And so the nice part about them and our team is that they don't look at them as like, okay, those are two guys up there. I get that. This is still a collective. And they're very humble in respect that they're not trying to be authoritative or anything else, but just to have the recognition of those two people, they know what USF softball is about. You know, um, nobody's been any more loyal to the program than Jordan Cadlub over all the years that she's been here. And, and then Marissa Travelpiece coming in, and she came in with Ryan Eigerman, who's really good that way. And then you've got Rivera and Foreman have been around. So your, your top tier group of players right now, I think you've got a great leadership situation. And just to put those two out there um, to give them that type of accolade was important to me. A couple more questions, Coach. You just mentioned Travel Peace and Eichelman, obviously transfer pickups. Uh, it's affected every sport, and I know you've added a quartet, I believe, this year out of the portal, along with who we talked about, Bell, as, yeah. as well. So how has it affected softball? It's affected softball in respect of what you need now, okay? And so the game, and, and my job is not so much, you're a general manager now, yeah. right? And the NIL and, and all this other stuff, and it, I don't know if it's going to be able to sustain where it's at right now because it's the wild, wild west, yeah. right? So something's going to have to happen. But in softball, it's just as pervasive as it was in football and basketball, maybe not on the large-scale numbers because your rosters are small. But, I mean, there's, there's coaches out there right now at other schools that are picking players during the year through third parties. Okay. And so for your players to stay loyal, and like Georgina was one of them, just stayed loyal to the program, and, and we have other people that are doing that right now, that being here, you, I hope that you're here to be part of a, a, a collective type of approach and not an individual approach. And I don't foresee us having to utilize the portal uh, anymore. Uh, bringing players in because the talent level that we have that have come in the last two years in the freshman and sophomore class is pretty high. And then the classes we have coming in the next couple of years already that have committed to us is very, very high. So um, for us, we're going after high academic people. Hmm. Um, and that's a big difference also, people that aren't chasing rainbows. Hmm. So uh, that's what we try to cultivate and that's where it is. People might think that's old school, but I know one thing, if you win in the locker room and you win in the dugout, you can win. So we're, we're on that page right now. It's to your credit that a lot of people want to stay. And as we wrap it up, a lot of people want to come here and play South Florida. Translates into the schedule, a 27-game homestand to start things off. A lot of events beginning on Thursday with two games, Illinois State and Bethune. And I also want to just make sure you're okay because I looked at the schedule and on one day it would appear, February the 22nd, that you played two teams that were in the College World Series last year. Back-to-back. No break in between, that'd be Washington and Oklahoma State. Is, yeah. that, is that right? Well, it is. I mean, look, if you get to the College World Series, you're going to play those teams. There you go. Back to back. Maybe the next day and the day after. So get used to it. So here you go. 
Well, it starts really, really soon, and we're so glad to have softball ready to roll with Ken Erickson. Thanks a lot, Coach. You got it, brother. You're listening to Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Pretty good show, in my opinion, just as I predicted at the beginning. I can't believe it ended <laughs> up that good. way. They're always good. <laughs> hey, down the road, uh, more with Ken Erickson and Billy Mole, because once baseball and softball season fully get into gear and basketball is over, which we're a ways away from, they will be the, the primary guest, if you will, on the program. And again, check back in a couple weeks for Jose Fernandez and a member of the women's basketball team. We love covering all the sports, obviously, on Bullseye. So, Joe, are you going to be uh, under control, uh, keeping oh, your emotions um, in check on a late Tuesday night? I'll be loving it. It's a, it's a 9 o'clock nationally televised game between two first-place teams. I mean, literally, how do you have a better scenario than that? I mean, I feel great for the fans to, to get to see something like that. And then, hey, down the road, Florida Atlantic comes in on a sure. Sunday, February 18th, another big game. So it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. It always is when you have something to play for. And you're around all the teams, and I admire you bouncing from one to the other. But uh, he spoke earlier, Joey did, about falling in love with this team. Yeah. Uh, do you get that special sense? Oh, absolutely. And I was just even talking about that with my parents the other day because – you know, they watch all the games, too, and my mom said to me, I feel like I have so many kids because she sees all these faces. He, she hears all these voices. So, I mean, for me, these players, these, this staff, you know, um, every staff, they, they have such a special place in my heart, truly. So definitely pulling on the heartstrings, for sure. Well, hopefully it's a big crowd. I know it's going to be a great crowd on Tuesday night. Again, that is a 9 o'clock game. Jim Lighthall will join Joey Johnson on the radio side, 8.30 on Bulls Unlimited. It's okay if you watch it on TV and listen back to the replays later. Let's just hope it's a win. And then, by the way, Wednesday night, yours truly and Bridget Miranda will be on the air with the women's basketball team looking for a fourth straight win against Rice. And we'll talk about all of that on our next episode of Bullseye. For all our guests, for my co-host Kaylee and Joey, I'm Derek Sharp. Keep those horns up.